Peace. This is the Ask Your Old Head Podcast with Justice Raji. Understanding the reality that, um, and it's a popular refrain at this day and time, at this time right now in the culture in terms of the internet and various things to um, folks that really like sort of declare the nature of their boundary setting and who they with and who they're not down with. Um, who they're willing to forego or let go from their life. And um, I think, you know, there's a, the, uh, I can make a, a go on a long roll about the importance of being um, mindful of your connections and who you commit time to. Um, but one thing, one, one, you know, something to take with you, put in your pocket is, um, Ensure that your vision or your think about, be mindful. Um, if, if your intent with that is to keep out people who may benefit from you being in their life, um, and that, you know, although their behavior may be problematic or their treatment and attitudes may be other than righteous there may be a benefit for you finding a way to keep a doorway open for them, keeping a space or a place where, you know, within certain parameters that you can be available and accessible to them. Uh, community is about actually being together and not just theoretically uh, being this entity or body or mass that shares a common a thread of line of history or geographical area. And so I, 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 with some trepidation, some of us are not really skilled to manage or to know whom needs to really be put on the island, so to speak. And we may be a little, a little too exuberant about cutting people off in uh, this day and time. And also uh, embrace the idea of connecting with people. I had an experience in uh, the last week and a half or two weeks or so. Um, and I and I operate with a very simple idea that I I try to do the right thing and be doing the right thing most of the time. That doesn't mean that every I'm everybody's cup of tea. It also doesn't mean that folks can assume they understand or know me by a few short interactions um, or maybe where they seen me um, speaking or what have you and that uh, sometimes you need to sit with somebody and and you may f- realize that they're not who you thought they were and um, you know experiencing that in the last week and a half about myself me being the person that was maybe thought to be other than what I am or you know some other creation I could have approached that engagement hostile or with a, with a hostility. But my preference is to approach those type of interactions with an open door to say, say, say what you think, say what you feel. We'll clean up on the other side. Because I'd rather have your truth than have you, you know, giving me a lie to save face um, or to protect the ego. So... There's that. 
going into this week's episode. So, my guest, Lakiana Drury, is the executive director of Word is Bond, uh, a innovative program engaging um, African-American men, young men, and law enforcement. Uh, I think we talk a little bit about the program in this interview, but if we don't, I will make sure in the in the closing and in the notes there will be some links to the work that's going on and what it's about. Um, but I've had the pleasure to get to know Lakiana and, and, and full disclosure to help uh, with this year's program. And I'm looking forward to supporting him in any way I can as a community member um, and as a brother, you know, here going forward. So um, I'm going to stop talking about the interview and let you get into the interview. So please catch up with me on the other side. Peace. All right, here we go. Let's do it. Peace. This is the Ask Your Old Head podcast with Justice Raji. I am here with my guest, Lakiana Drury. Yes, sir. How you doing today, Lakiana? I'm good. I'm good. Right. Saturday, um, keeping it cool with a lot of things, you know, just kind of taking the light today. Okay. Trying to find that work-life balance. Yes, sir. So we'll just get into it. Anybody or anyone uh, you just want to give reverence or respect to before we get into the interview? Um, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out my mom, Teresa Drury, my dad, Habibi Toma, my brother, Nigel, my sister, Makiba. Um, you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Cool. So I'll just uh, go right in as I like to. Um, can you give me just a standard or a principle, something that you try to live by that uh, improve, or you know, it's a part of how you try to move through the world? Uh, let's see. Principle that I try and move through the world with. I would say um, that's a good question. I would. Uh, there's a number of them, but one that always comes to mind is just uh, treating people with respect. Treating people how I would want to be treated, um, and uh, you know, just trying to be a a, a positive force in the world, um, and that was instilled by my mom. You know, always treating people right, and I'm very uh, conscious of that when I interact with people, and when I see other people interacting with each other. Like, how is that respect going at the end of the day? You know, the differences with anything else that might happen in this world. And there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but I always try and bring it back to being respectful, having respect for myself, others having respect for themselves and treating people no matter what happens and how they respond to me or react to me, treating people with respect. So is there any um, like story or anecdote, something that has occurred in your life that kind of helped crystallize that as a rule for for you or just something you'd like to share about it? Um, Nothing in particular stands out other than just like how I was raised by my mom. You know, I come from a single parent household. So not that that necessarily would influence that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think of people who shaped and molded me, she's definitely the one that sticks out uh, in my mind. I'm, uh, you know, if you know my mom, you know me, basically, like Mm -hmm. everybody just says, I'm like, I'm a, a like another version of her. So and it wasn't anything particular that she said, although she would, you know, from time to time bring it up. But it's just by, you know, watching her and seeing how she moves and how she treats other people and just, the, you know, um, how she wanted us to interact with other people. Mm. And, you know, um, 
there was just multiple ways that it that that kind of came out. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, I always think about um, respect and like starting with respect, you know, and um, and like that the way we enter into an engagement, mm-hmm. right? If there's a level of respect that usually you're more likely to get that positive outcome, hopefully. Right. I mean, and even sometimes in a tough situation, if there's a, some way you're just demonstrating, like I'm, I'm coming at you about this mm-hmm. because I respect you. Mm-hmm. Right. As, as opposed to maybe in, a, in, a, in another fashion, it tends to be something that um, at least in normal uh, everyday people interactions, mm-hmm. um, tends to to go better right right Right. and when i also now that i'm thinking about too is also like respect for for our family too right like like i was always a representative of of my mom and our family and so that that's always been like in in the back of my mind whenever i would do things like when i'm out in public like i know it's reflecting back on 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 them and on her Mm -hmm. and so i always want to be able to be a good reflection of her and uh, represent her to the best of my ability so that that also played and I can just think of like a lot of little instances when I was younger like I would do things you know I would go to a catechism class not because I wanted to go but because I had so much respect for her and she wanted me to go so so I would do that mm-hmm. or um, you know how I talked in class or at school like I I never like <laughs> I never there's this so you know when we were younger like sagging your pants was a big thing Mm -hmm. and i didn't do it throughout all my school career because i i just know that it didn't reflect on how my mom raised me and so like i could i just i could it was something i could never do and i you know when i've grown up a little bit more like i've been able to kind of relax out of that and kind of still find like my own self-identity in there but at the end of the day like it, it always comes back to that and representing for her all right Please, please. So, uh, second question: um, Relationships, broadly defined, um, is there something that you understand or do differently now in the relationships that you're a part of and connected to that maybe you didn't do as well when you were a younger man? Mm-hmm. I think I'm more cognizant of some of the roles that I play, um, especially being a brother and, and being an older brother the oldest brother in my, uh, out of my family and, um, just the importance of, of that and showing love and being a leader and a guidance to my younger brother and my sister. And, um, I've seen a lot of that. My brother just moved here this summer and, you know, our relationship has always been very special to me because we grew up without our father. So there was Mm -hmm. like an already an embedded, you know, like, sort of like a father figure role in me that I didn't always realize, you know, we're six years apart. And so, yeah. So we're like right on the cusp of like being connected, but like, like right on the edge of almost being too far apart. And we're, so we're right there. We're still in each other's lives where it's not like, you know, I'm 10 years older than him where we're like way different dimensions. Like I'm just like at that next level up. Mm -hmm. And so I take that role very seriously and I've taken it more seriously as I've grown up and gone to appreciate that so much. And there's little things that he'll say, like he's mentioned on a couple of occasions, you know, he, there, there's between men and between brothers, there's a lot of times there's this unspoken thing. Like, like, like I, I don't like you, but at the end of the day, you're my closest person to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and like, and it's like, or I, I'll, I'll never admit it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's that pride comes in the way, but you know, it's, like I've had a lot of, a number of interactions with my brother and sometimes he said to me before or like in public with me there to somebody else that I was like, 
a father figure to him. And for somebody who's grown up without their father, like that, that means a lot to me. And so, and so sometimes when you get in the, into the day-to-day interactions and things like that, you, you lose sight of that. And then when you hear them speak about you, it just kind of reinforces that. Um, and that really stood clear to me recently when I was watching some of the clips of um, Nipsey Hussle's funeral mm. and his older brother, Sam. And when I listened to his his um, his eulogy for his younger brother, I just connected with it so much. And the stories that he was telling and, and all those aspects just related to me so much, like how special of a relationship that is. And, um, you know, my brother just moved here recently this summer, and my mom has been, you know, texting me and saying, you know, look out for your younger brother and family's all you have and just how special that relationship is and how, you know, proud of me she, of, of me she is for, you know, looking out for him. And so um, I take that role more and more seriously each day. And that relationship in, with my sister as well um, is is probably, you know, the biggest role I have out of everything I do. Wow. Thank you. I think um I just want to reflect back a couple things I think I heard in there. I mean, one, um, one I, I'm going to circle back to sort of maybe contrast a little bit the relationship with me and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I thought I heard in there, you know, that the the reality of um, an expression of, of like compassion and care and love that's tied to that respect. You know what I mean, but but the, the the special uniqueness of that when it comes to family members or like siblings, because you know? mm-hmm. um, I've I've seen sometimes people have siblings and like their siblings they just don't get along, mm-hmm. like whatever. Or everything's a fight, like everything's, mm-hmm. a, and and that sometimes may be there. I'm not, you know, and there's nothing, you know, that happens. Um, but I, I, I heard something I heard in there that was just, it sounded like it was really important to you that you know you you feel you have a level of responsibility, you know, as you know, just in your, your your position as as their older brother um, to look out and and to support them. I think that's real dope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, thing I would contrast with. So me and my brother are only about two years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we still had, and uh, my father died when I was really young, like five. And um, so we've had, we have an interesting dynamic because I'm the, I'm the youngest child, which sometimes, you know, means sometimes I do whatever I want in terms of my thinking. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, whatever, man, y'all doing over there. I'm I'm number two. <laughs> I got my own ideas about right. all of this, right? Um but me and him growing up, sometimes we were close enough in age that we could kind of do the same things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at certain points, we would have challenges because he would want to assert a certain type of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I'm not trying to listen to you right now. Yeah. You know, also, I mean, there's some other distinguishing factors to that. Um, is there anything that you could share just that uh, that you've learned about like being a, like a good sibling? <laughs> So to speak, or being, like, or just something interesting about being, you know, your siblings or spending time with your siblings that just makes you happy or brings some, some joy to your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely relate to the dynamic of, uh, you know, the younger sibling wanting their own autonomy at times, and also like liking to have the big brother that can kind of lead the way, but then also wanting to be able to do their own thing. And you know, we both have really strong personalities, so I feel like a lot of times I I naturally gravitate towards that leadership role. And so it's just all about like sharing space and and listening to the small, I would say, like nuances, like. Like in between there, like one particular moment that stood out was when he came here this summer. He um, so he graduated from college and, you know, when I graduated high school and I went to college, 
he kind of was the last one in the house. And so we were kind of apart for like six-ish years where while I was like, you know, living mm-hmm. all across the country and he was graduating high school and then into college. And so I missed a lot of those key moments there. And so then he decided when, when he graduated college that he wanted to come out here. And I didn't, I didn't try and persuade him to come out here. He just decided. So that was really, you know, meaningful for me. And, and then, um, I run this nonprofit word is bond and we were looking for a program coordinator for the summer and I, we couldn't find somebody and I'm looking around, looking around and it's just getting closer and I'm just thinking like, dang, like Nigel would be <laughs> probably a good person to do this. Like he's moving here. He doesn't have a job yet. And so I'm like looking at all these different options. And as this date is like getting closer and closer, it just <laughs> starts to become more of a reality. Like this is who it's going to be. And so then I just like, <laughs> like told him, I'm like, yo, like you should be the, you know, summer program coordinator. And going back to your point about, you know, fighting, like, you know, nobody can irritate you more than a sibling. Like they they could just look at you. They can just say things like they automatically have that ingrained like ability to just get under your skin. And so we've had our quarrels, you know, growing up over nothing, you mm-hmm. know, who yeah. gets to sit at this seat, who's over there at this time. <laughs> right. Like, like jewelry, anything you can think of. And so, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, let's, you know, hopefully we'll avoid any of that, you know, during the summer program. And the experience turned out to be very special. And so we had this community showcase at the end and he's supposed to get up there and like introduce some of our, um, you know, interns for their next piece of their program. Mm -hmm. And he starts, he like looks at me, he gets up to this podium, there's like a hundred people in the room and he's supposed to introduce our next youth that are, that are going to do another part of the program. And he just looks at me and I'm like, all right, what's going on? And then he starts talking about me and his relationship and I'm like, no, don't do that in front of everybody. Like, you won't make me cry. And, and, and he's like, this is the, you know, you've been a father figure to me. And this is my first job out of college. And he, he breaks down and I'm start crying. And then the whole audience is crying. And I just think it was just like a really special um, moment that we shared. And it just, you know, it, it just impacted me so much. And I was talking to someone afterwards and I was just like, I wish my brother hadn't done that. Like, I wasn't trying to, you know, be that emotional. And the woman told me, she said, I, I think it was really important for the other young men in the program to see that bond and to see you guys so vulnerable. Um, and so, you know, that was a really impactful moment in our relationship. And, and another time that that happened, um, very similar over tears between me and my brother was when my mother got married. <clears throat> and she raised us, you know, all the way through. And then... Um, once I was graduated college, she kind of got into a relationship and um, and she married this man. And so I would I had to give the, the like a speech as the son. Oh, wow. And so and I had stayed up all night writing the speech. And then I, you know, was practicing it and I'm trying to get it down. And, and I'm always like really meticulous about not like reading off of something. So mm-hmm. I like pulled my brother to the side. I'm like, yo, can you come like listen to the speech and, you know, just give me some pointers on how it was. And so we just had this little moment and. I pulled this speech out and we were just sitting in like some room and I read like two lines and like we both just broke down crying again. (laughs) Right. And it's just like, it was just a moment of like, you know, so much stuff that we had been through and you know, like, like she's everything to us. She's the rock of our family. And like for that moment, for us to be two young men, you know, who are trying to make it on our own with no real blueprint from anybody else. And then, you know, to give our mother over to somebody else, um, it's just a lot of release of emotion. And I think those two moments really stand out to me as far as like, it's not always spoken. We don't always say every day. We say, I love you a lot, you know, but you know, like how much you mean to me 
you really don't find out until those kind of moments. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's that that um, I mean, just to, to share the something uh, similar, not similar in the terms of, of how important that moment is, but um, you know, my closest uh, friends and, and my, my brothers that I'm closest to don't live here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're in Pittsburgh. They're uh, on the other side of the country, and so the moments when we can get together. You know, are usually, especially now, as I've gotten, you know, we've, you know, friends and been connected to each other going on 20 years. Right. Know, plus, 20 plus, actually. Um, oh, maybe 25. Wow. So, anyway, last summer, last summer when I went home um, and went up top to show and prove, you know, I was driving home back to my mother's house from New York after leaving them, you know, so we on the phone and I'm, you know, doing stuff and listening. And I'm just reflecting on the trip, on, you know, things we did that weekend and pictures we took and the, uh, the podcast I taped and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving and I just started kind of... <laughs> right? <laughs> like, my eyes started welling up. I was, I was like, I'm about, I'm about to cry. Right. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let it roll. You know what I mean? Because I was that happy. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's good for young men to see and to know that, Absolutely. like... You can feel that strongly about mm-hmm. your physical brothers and mm-hmm. your siblings, and you can also feel that strongly about your friends and people mm-hmm. you've had long relationships with. And it's all right; it's okay to feel that strongly and, and to care about them and to, and to think about them. Right? right. You know what I mean, I think sometimes it's it, it's almost it's not highlighted that we have that depth of emotion, mm-hmm. like. and, and so, it's not validated in society either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for us to be vulnerable, I ha- I can't tell you how many walls and barriers I have within me. Uh, in in the, my ability to show emotions, so that's something that transformed over time. Is how do I be more vulnerable? How do I, uh, as a man in a society, as a black man, especially like not being able, you know, it's not uh, it's not acceptable for us to to be emotional. Um, it's and so like how how do we how do we show that? And so that's something that as you know our relationship develops and relationships with other people, like my sister and my mom. Like how do I show that emotion? How do I be affectionate? How do I you know, be a uh, a source of both receiving emotion and giving it. All right, all right. And I think, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's timely, and I want to come back to it just like what's happening and with like Nipsey's passing and stuff. But I want to do the other question. I want to come back yeah, to for that sure. thought because um, I think this is, is tied right in, you know, to what's happening, I guess, around us at mm-hmm. this that we're taping this today. So my last, you know, major question that I always ask, and then we'll meander, we'll come back to that point, is um, what's just something that's really important to you right now in your life? Like just something that's a significant thing or activity, whatever happened. Um, I would have to say without a doubt it is Word is by my nonprofit that works with young black men in law enforcement. I moved here three years ago, and a lot of people ask me, like, how do I like Portland? You know, how long am I going to be here? Um, and my answer always centers around that and the work that I'm doing with this organization. You know, um, my mom has a quote and she says that which you are seeking is also seeking you. And I've Mm. bounced around the world from DC to Las Vegas to New Haven, Connecticut to Beijing, China to Philadelphia. And then to here, um, all on this just path of self-discovery, like finding out who I am, what I want to do in this world and um, I went to Philly because it's a predominantly black city. I want to say it's got very deep historical roots to the black community mm-hmm. and just the country in general. 
Um, and that opportunity, the school I worked at didn't end up working out the way I wanted it to. And so I moved to Portland for a number of different reasons. Um, one of which was not the fact that it was very diverse. So uh, when I came here, it was just kind of like, you know, I just kind of, my philosophy is always just, you know, like grow where you're planted, which is another one of my mom's quotes, and just kind of like take that leap of faith. And so I just came here. And then after my first year of teaching, this pr- opportunity presented myself to be a part and help found and uh, lead this organization that would eventually become Word is Bond. And it came out of nowhere, like the best things in life do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was like, if I could have, if I could have, willed an opportunity into existence, it would have been word is bond. And so I feel like it, it was meant to happen. Like I was seeking something, an opportunity like this in the world, and it was also seeking me. And so, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not thinking about the young men in the program, which are at my heart. And then, you know, just expanding the program and, and, and trying to make a difference in the city, you know, working with police and working with young black men um, and my own journey of, you know, discovering my own blackness in the process Mm. and so it's something i'm passionate about and has so many different avenues to it i'm a i'm a thinker a creator a dreamer and so i'm always thinking of new ideas like podcasts and apps and uh, (laughs) (laughs) trips to africa you know like i i i'm always getting inspiration and i'm always thinking of new things and so it just gives me so much opportunity to put my passion in so many different ways and avenues and it's just it comes at such a a point in my life where I'm ready to start digging in on some real work and, you know, and finding, you know, my true calling. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited about that. Yeah, well, I'm happy to, I'm going to say full disclosure to be helping you yeah. here with getting this summer's program set up. And, um, you know, it's, as I like to say, there's never, there's never enough activities mm-hmm. for young people because mm-hmm. right? sometimes people go well like oh we just need one thing or we just, like no we need everyone that has something to contribute we need three four we need ten different right programs there's enough kids and young people that need mm-hmm. to be involved in something that we need people that want to want to teach want to create a space for them to learn to make those spaces you know what I mean so that's why I'm really excited you know what I mean about about the pro- the program but also helping you you know bring it together yeah because um, I mean I, I really said tell people you know, I grew up. You know, I grew up in the eighties, late eighties, and, and early nineties, and I didn't have any after school programs. The only summer camp I went to, we had to pay for. And once I was old enough to not like basically to be by myself and not burn down the house, <laughs> that was the case, right? right? You know what I mean? So, and you know, and sometimes that's cool. Like that, sometimes that works out totally. At least in my case, I say it more or less worked out totally fine. I didn't mm-hmm. kill myself or burn down anything or what have you. But there's also experiences. I could have had if I was involved in some programming. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's things yeah. I could have done faster right. if I wasn't just sort of winging it, you know, at 15 in, in, the, in the summer. And then, you know, and then I got started getting summer jobs, which was still a thing you could get in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, or at least sometimes. And, um, <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, okay, now I work somewhere. You know, I work at Six Flags. I work, right. You know, I worked at the McDonald's later. But I used to work, you know, I used to do work for the... the other little jobs. I mean, but it's it's something also to, you know, spend some time, you know, with, you know, some some adults in the community and they're teaching you something, you know, a little bit more deeper than mm-hmm. what you learn, you know, flipping 1,200 chickens at the, at the Great Adventure. <laughs> but, you know, so I appreciate it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Is there any particular facet of the program that you would like to share? Now, by the time this episode airs, you know, it'll probably be 
a little bit before the smoking is actually going to start. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But just, you know, in terms of a reference point for you. But is there anything about the program that you would want to make sure, like, people know about that's important to you? Um, it's our third summer doing it. We've got a amazing um, theme this summer, I Am Somebody, which is a theme that's I've had in my mind and used in multiple different capacities over the last seven years, but it just comes back to this idea of like, you know, my right to exist and my uniqueness in the universe. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really excited about that. Um, And just all the other components that have been coming together, the steering committee really being intentional about having officer engagement this summer, um, putting together a podcast, um, the app, but at the end of the day, what m- makes it most special to me about all of this is the opportunity to bring together so many different people, not just for the program, but for their own enrichment and development as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like all the people who are on the steering committee, they get to come in and learn from each other. I get to learn from all of you guys. We build deeper bonds. We impact the community. The youth get to be a part of it. The community benefits. And so I want to just take this model and the experience that I have with Word is Bond, however far it goes and whatever direction it takes to just kind of use the use these experiences to to model, to make other opportunities like this, to bring people together that everybody it's like it's like we're, we're assembling a, a piece of Ikea furniture and everybody gets a hand in the in, in instructions <laughs> and put something together. And, mm-hmm. you know, I love when I'm sitting in a meeting, either one of our steering committee meetings or uh, a meeting with youth and police, and, like, I see people having a connection. And I'm, I just get so excited because it's like that's what it's all about, like new people meeting each other or learning, especially people who think they have, n- like, like completely opposite differences. Like, there's no way that I could connect with this person. And just at that moment, like, yes, like, this is what it's all about, like seeing people connect or share a smile or a laugh or, um, you know, just connect over even the most trivial things. Mm. Hey. Thank you. I, I, can't, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to circle back uh, to that, that piece because I know you had um, this week, or I don't know if it was yesterday, that you had some of you, I don't know if that was some of the Word is Bond group that got together to go to Stupid Burger no. or just, 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 just the brothers? Just some brothers. Okay. Word up. Um, and, and that y'all got together and went to a local business yeah. and, and broke bread together just in uh, honor and respect. For, for Nipsey, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that I mean, um, the death of of Nipsey Hustle has been just very impactful and, and awakening on many different levels to me, and I think our community as a whole, just in, in the hip hop community, of just in terms of like what it means to be a community leader, the importance of hip hop. Um, you know, violence in our communities. It's just touched on many different levels. And so, you know, if you go on social media in the days following, it was everywhere. People were talking about it. The youth had their own, you know, ideas about it. Uh, Older people and reminiscing about Pac when he was shot and killed. And so one of my friends was like, we should go and support a black business and kind of just talk about Nipsey Hussle and just kind of celebrate his life. Um, and so I just kind of took the idea and ran with it and just basically hit up every brother of color I knew and, and women, too. Although for some reason they didn't show up, but it ended up working out as, as it did. But 
Um, we just wanted to patronize a black business, and we wanted to specifically, you know, think about, like, how people are investing in our communities the way that Nipsey Hussle did. And so, you know, we wanted this, you know, just bring together some fellowship. Like, it didn't have to be all about just Nipsey, yeah. but, you know, just trying to bring people together, think about community ideas, think about what we want to do. Because I talk to so many people every day that are have these, you know, different ideas about changing things and apps and businesses they want to open. And so we just kind of came together. And, you know, what I think was really powerful about it is the fact that most times when you ask people to come do something, you know, you got to get hit them at least a week in advance. Yeah, yeah. There was not one person I texted that was not available to show up that didn't make it out there and was like, yeah, like, and so it just showed that, like, you know, our community wanted a place to gather, wanted a place to express our feelings, wanted a place to just celebrate somebody that really flew under the radar until his his passing. And um, it, it was just a really beautiful moment. And people came in and they saw us and they were we were writing on this poster board and just writing our thoughts on Nipsey and just like what we wanted to see for the community. And it was just it was just a really good feeling. We just, you know, um, shout out to Stupid Burger because they just I had my iPod and they let us just plug it in and like play his music and, you know, just kind of like just celebrate life. And, you know, we were all we're all young and trying to make a difference in our in our our own lives and in the community. And it was just a, a really beautiful moment. So, um, it was Man, it was dope. I mean, it was dope just to when I saw like the pictures that y'all that you posted of, of being over there. And, um, and, and generally, you know, I, I don't know if you ever got to go to the marathon, to the shop down there um i went I a few didn't. years ago when i was in la for a conference and no actually no 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 that wasn't for a conference. before i would later be in la for a conference but this was maybe four years ago now um and the and the thing that i saw and, and kind of circling back and why i wanted to hold that to sort of that outpouring of emotion yeah piece that i noticed that i felt when i went to the shop then um he wasn't there i believe his brother uh, was in the shop and it was you know some other cats some other you know people was working da, da, da. but I got the the feeling that one this is our place right we're holding this space mm-hmm. you know as you know from this neighborhood you know womp de womp um, but also we're trying to build something um, that is reflective of who we are but mm-hmm. could be connecting could connect to other people mm-hmm. um you know, and it's, I mean, it's down the way, whatever that means, people like, it's not like you go and say, like, oh, this is just like a, you know, residential shopping area. Like, right. you're in, it's in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. I mean, like, and everything that comes with that. You know? Right. The good but and like, the bad. It, yeah, I mean, but it was no sense of, um, like, unsafety. Or like, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm in danger being down. Right. It's like, nah, like, this, this, this is our shop. Mm-hmm. But you're down in our, you're in our neighborhood. Right. Right. So come this through, thing do is beautiful. you do, you know, and then make your moves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and so when I had, you know, got word and my one of my brothers that posted they tested texted us and it was just it was just it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um but the the way people have poured out to me, you know, speaks to like that when you're doing something good, there are a lot of people looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that you may not know how many people are looking right, right now. You know, now his you know, being that he was in entertainment and he was you know actually you know about to make that transition entertainment wise where he was probably going about to move out of just being known to like people that were really into hip hop or certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's a part of it too. Yeah. But it's also that thing of trying to remind young people that like when you're really out here doing something yeah. good for your neighborhood or good for people, like you don't know, like people are, people are, Oh, I see you. All right. I see you over there. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you're doing. Right. But I see you over there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that, so keep going. Like, you know, yeah, don't do that. Lean into that. Mm-hmm. And I think, 
I don't always think that everything happens for a reason. I think sometimes there are tragic accidents that happen that shouldn't have happened. But when I look at Nipsey's death, I kind of, he was underappreciated in his life to the extent of how many eyes were on what he was doing, the messages behind his music, and just his engagement in the community. And I think his his death, I know it did, multiplied his his influence like tenfold. Like I'm seeing conversations online of people comparing him to Pac um, and nobody's nobody's just completely squashing that idea. Like they're even thinking about it. Like, okay, like let's kind of compare these two things. Whereas, you know, there's some people you could say, you know, he's kind of like Pac and people would just be like, no, no way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just right off the table. You know what right. I'm saying? So the fact that people are even like, are, are even willing to pause and think about that comparison and, 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 and the, you know, the similarities between their, their life paths. I think that, I think there is a lot of, of 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 a uh, lot to be gained out of of losing him and his image just you know going tenfold Barack Obama writing him a letter people really looking at you know even reassessing like before March 31st the the top 2 conscious rappers that we could probably name were J Cole and Kendrick and now they look like they're not even doing enough like compared to what we see with Nipsey like dang like if, if you don't have like a business and like you're not like in the community like doing x y and z and so i think it's it's resetting the blueprint for for you know rappers moving forward and just people like you know who want to do community engagement and community development like it's inspired me i'm not really a big you know i'm not driven by money but it's even got me thinking about like how can i use money for social change social entrepreneurship and things like that all right all right so we're got getting close to the wall. Yes, I want to uh, get us out on. Thank you for those, those thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, um, it's been my, my closing conversation has been, is there, can you share or think about either like a record, maybe music, a song or a movie, something that you looked at one way uh, in the past. And now when you look at it today, you, you feel differently in some way about it, you know, positive or negative, anything that comes to mind. Can you repeat the question one more time? There's something that, you know, either music or, or you know, movies, TV, something that you either enjoyed or knew in the past and you thought about one way mm-hmm. and looking at it now mm-hmm. with where you're at in life, you look at it a different way. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to just put, uh, I have I have three people. I always have like a group of people that I'm always inspired by and it, it changes and rotates depending on who I'm seeing and and, you know, reading or thinking about. I already talked about. So I have three that are, that are always in there. And the first one I already mentioned was Nipsey Hussle. The other two would be um, Frida Kahlo and uh, Selena Quintanilla. And I, I've seen Frida's face a million times growing up. I've heard a little bit about Selena. But I have a much greater appreciation for both of those two individuals after reading their life stories and how they impacted the way we look at women and leadership and the idea and identities of just being who you are and your expression through art. And I won't get into any details about just about them, but I, I would just encourage people who are listening to this to, to go look into their lives, go look into Selena's life uh, and go look into Frida Kahlo's life and her artwork and, and just how they shaped their uh, their lives and their worldviews by, by art and impacted other people's lives. I've been very inspired by both of those two individuals in the last three weeks why not well, thank you yeah appreciate it absolutely so um with that unless you got anything else 
for the good of the order. Um, no, thank you for this opportunity. I'm excited. I haven't been on a podcast before, so this was really cool. All right. um, well, I, I'm glad to have you. And and so, you know, and it was on tape, you know, I asked you the, the initial time to come on the show, but I would love to have you on again. Absolutely. Talk about something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. For sure. So with that, I'm going to say peace. This has been the Ask Your Old Head Podcast with my guest, Lakiana Drury. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.